I don't know. Uh, I don't know about you, but myself, I've, um, I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited this morning. Um, I'm, I spent all week reading through the events of the week. Um, I spent all of my Bible time this week just going over and over and over repeatedly the, the events of the week and the things that were suffered and the things that took place um, to try to prepare myself to be ready for this morning to. Um, be a part of the celebration of the single most important event in the history of mankind. There's nothing more important than what we celebrate and what we remember this morning. The resurrection of Jesus, it's all there. It, it, it all rests on this one event. Um, no other religion claims to serve a risen Savior. They go to their Savior's tomb to worship a lot of them. How can a Savior, how can a God that can't get himself up get me out of bed every morning? A risen Savior. It's what sets us apart from everybody else. The other part of that is nobody, nobody in history denies that there was an empty tomb. Historically, in historical books and manuscripts, you can go and find this account, this story, written from different people, accounts that aren't in the Bible. Nobody denies that that morning, that tomb was empty. Now, some claim that somebody stole him, some claim this, some claim that, whatever. But they don't try to look at us and say, he's still in there, you can go to his tomb too. No, nobody says that. Not, not throughout history. They don't deny that. We serve a risen Savior. That ought to be enough to get us so excited we can't stay in our seats if we could really grasp that concept and really grasp that idea. But it's a struggle. I, I get it, I understand it. So we're going to try to bring it into some sort of reality and hopefully help you to see and understand before you leave this morning the significance of Easter. Our hope is in Easter. Not a bunny, not an egg, not a Cadbury. A risen Savior. What it was originally intended to celebrate. If y'all would stand with me, we're going to start out in Matthew. We're going to, I'm going to read to you the empty tomb story from Matthew, and then afterwards I'll, I'll have you seated, and then I'll, we're just kind of going to go through the events of the week, for, starting in Matthew 27, and just kind of look at some things. Right now we're going to read from Matthew 28, and we're going to start in verse 1, only going to read eight verses, and then the rest of it I'll kind of, we're going to just kind of go through this part of it, and we're actually on our way to somewhere else. But it's all relevant, and, and I'm trying to do it in a timely manner. So y'all bear with me this morning. If you'll listen quick, I'll talk quick. Matthew 28, 1 through 8. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The guards passed out at the sight of this angel. They, passed, they were, became like dead. They fell out. They just fell out. 
It was just too much to contain. It was too much to behold. This angel sitting on this tomb, and just kind of, I can just picture him taking his foot and just kind of giving that old rock a, a, a push there, and, and it roll out of the way. And the guards just fall. I mean, they just passed out. They became like dead men. They passed out. The angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. Look at this. As he said. (laughs) We'll cover a little bit of that. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, again, we we thank you to have the opportunity to be gathered this morning. I thank you for each one that is under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds. Father, that your word can be poured in. I pray, Father, that you guide my every word, that you allow everything that's said and done in this place this morning be glorifying to your name. Father, I praise you this morning for the empty tomb. I thank you, Father, that I serve a risen Savior. Father, all of these things are prayed in his name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're going to back up, um, if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, you're welcome to. I'm going to back up to uh, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 35. And I'm going to start there and just kind of come forward to where we just read. um, And and just kind of cover some things and look at some things. Because all of these events are important. All of this plays together. All of this is tied together. Um, We're going to start in Matthew 27 35. This is the crucifixion. Matthew 27 35. Jesus is crucified. And y'all know these stories. I'm not going to read these word for word. I'm just going to kind of bounce through them. I think Nathan, I gave Nathan these verses. He'll have them up here on the screens. They crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. That This is fulfilling prophecy. This is Prophecy that was written 2,000 years before this time. This is prophecy. Things that people like Isaiah had stood up and said, this is the way it'll look. This is how it'll go. This is what it'll be like. Now, all this time later, it's unfolding and it's taking place. And these things are done so that the prophecy may be fulfilled. So that people that understood the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, would look at the event and it would click. And they would go, Isaiah said that would happen. That's mentioned in Daniel. That's mentioned by this prophet and by this prophet. And I've read about this and studied about this. And it was all done in a manner, in a fashion, so that even the people that didn't really want to believe Jesus was who he said he was, that as it all took place, they would look at it and go, that's just the way it's supposed to be. And it was done that way for purpose and for meaning. The crucifixion takes place. And y'all have heard the story. You've seen the movies. And it was a horrible time. And there was a lot of... um, punishment and blood and, and, and it was horrific. You know, a lot of times we try to, to take this story and, and turn it into some kind of fairy tale. It wasn't. It was pretty gruesome. They were doing everything they could to inflict as much pain as they possibly could on this man. 
from the crown of thorns to the cat of nine tails to the spitting on him, to, I mean all of it. It was meant to bring as much physical pain as they could. As a matter of fact, when, when he would fall down with the cross from just exhaustion and, and just being wore out and beat down, they send somebody in to help him carry it, not carry it for him, help him carry it. He's got to stay under it. He's got to continue this. And it was brutal. And it was ugly, and it was awful, and there was nothing fairy tale about it. It was a real event that really took place, and this person really existed. And I need you to lock that in this morning. I'm not up here telling you a bunch of fairy tale stories that begin with once upon a time and end with happily ever after. That's not what we're doing. This is a real thing. This is a real person who really existed on this earth, and these events really took place. And it was gruesome, and it was ugly, and it was hard, and it was awful. Go to uh, 2757. This is the burial. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea, Arimathea, named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate, asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. Given to him. Jesus' body, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, his body was not even placed in his own tomb. Reckon why? He ain't going to need it. <laughs> he's coming out anyway, right? He could have borrowed anybody's tomb. They can still use it when he's done with it. Right? It's a temporary stay. It's not an overnight. You know, it's not going to be for the rest of time. It's a temporary deal. Joseph still gets to use this tomb if he so desires. It was a temporary thing. He was buried in a, in a borrowed tomb. Go to Matthew 28. Again, all of this is very important. If you look at verse 1, uh, verse we read 1 through 8, I want our focus to be Verse 6, this is where it all gets tied together. The angel is, 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 is over the tomb. The guards have passed out. The, the ladies have arrived. The tomb is open. And the angel looks at the ladies and goes, I know you're here to, to see Jesus. He's not here. He is risen. Just as he said, right? I want you to just take a moment because this is my favorite, one of my favorite times to preach is Easter. And one of my favorite messages to preach is don't miss it. So it's hard for me to do this and not mention that. Why were these disciples, there were 12 of them, we know where one of them is, right? We're down to 11. Eleven men that on three different occasions stood in front of Jesus face to face and he gave an account of, of this event and he said, I'm going to be handed over to evil men. I'm going to be crucified and killed. But I will rise again on the third day. He told that three different times to the same eleven guys. So why on Sunday morning... Was there not 11 guys sitting around this tomb at least saying, let's see, let's just see about this, right? Where were they at? Why were they not there? They missed it. He told them face to face three different times and they missed it. 
There should have been somebody, Peter, James, John, somebody should have been standing at that tomb when the sun rose to go, he said he's coming out. I mean, I don't know, but... Right? Just for no other reason, curiosity. They weren't there. Listen to me. These women leave the tomb and go find the disciples. You know what they told them? You've lost your mind. He's what? And then they went, oh no, somebody stole the body. And they take off running back to the tomb. The disciples do. And you know what their attitude is when they leave? They're disgusted. Their head's down and they're kicking the rocks. They can't figure out what happened to Jesus. It still ain't clicked. They're walking down the road and he comes to them himself, not looking like himself, but reminding them, repeating the things, going, didn't he tell you, didn't he say... If those 11 guys missed it on three occasions, standing face to face with Jesus Christ, how much easier is it going to be for you and I to miss something? Amen? We better be paying attention. This stuff is real. This isn't a fairy tale. This stuff is really going to take place and it's really going to happen. These promises are real. The wrath of God is real as well. If heaven's real, so is hell. Right? If you're going to miss, don't miss that. Don't miss. If, if these guys missed it standing face to face, talking to him in person, and they weren't standing at the tomb, how much easier will it be for you and I to miss it when you've got to depend on me? <laughs> when I'm depending on, or you're depending on, or we're depending on reading it out of a book. When we're having to listen to him speak to us through our heart and through our spirit, and not face to face. How much easier will it be for us to miss it? Man, I'm scared of the things I've missed. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm scared of what I'm missing. That's what drives me to stay in the Word as much as I can is because I'm, I fear what I'm missing. If it was that easy for these 11 guys, hey, these weren't dummies. They weren't stupid. They weren't totally ignorant. So if they can miss it, how much easier is it for me to miss something? Pay attention. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Pay attention. Take it serious. Treat it like it's real. Matthew 28, 16 to 17. <clears throat> Matthew 28, 16 and 17. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. See, it's all starting to click now. They're going where he had told them to be, right? It's starting to click a little. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. People seen him after the resurrection. People physically laid eyes on him. You know, there's even the story of doubting Thomas that was allowed to put his fingers in the holes in his hands that were created by the spikes that held him to the cross. This isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a joke. This isn't something to try to tell you these things and scare you into acting right. You can't act right. I already know. <laughs> I know y'all can't act right. Look at you. You try to dress up and look nice and come in here with your smile on. Hey, it's a show. We all know. You can't act right. You know how I know you can't act right? Because Scripture tells me you can't act right. You know what? You, some of you may be surprised by this. I can't act right. <laughs> 
in and of myself, I am absolutely nobody. It's only because of Jesus Christ that I'm any different from anybody else in this world. It's only because of an empty tomb. It's only because of Easter that I ain't the same people that are out there at, not at church this morning. It's not of me. It's not about me. It's not who I am. I don't have the ability to act right either. I have struggles too. I do. It's real. This thing's not a fairy tale. This isn't a come to Jesus and everything gets okay and you just spend the rest of your life in, in la-la land. That's not reality. According to Scripture, you come to Christ and it gets tougher. It gets harder. He told His disciples, Hey, the foxes have burrows. Right? They have a place. The birds have a place to lay their head, but not me. And if you follow me, it may be the same way for you. That's when he cut it from about 70 to 12. <laughs> they all went, I don't want a part of that. <laughs> he went to telling them things like, let the dead bury the dead. This isn't some fairy tale. But it is a happy ending. <laughs> there is a happy ending for those that, that, that get in, for those that develop this relationship, for those that decide they want this walk of life. But don't look at this as a fairy tale because I'm fixing to go over here and show you why Easter is so important. So I need you to understand that these events that we just read from Scripture are real. It's real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a Disney picture. It's real life. It really happened. It really, really happened. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 15. And we could actually start in, chapter, in verse 12. I mean, chapter 15, verse 12, um, we could actually start at 15.1, and all that ties together, but for the sake of time, we're going to start in 12. I encourage you at some point, I, I encourage you to get your little, your little black thingy, Madodger, some of y'all don't know what this is for. Look, y'all got it hanging out like this, walking around like you somebody. Look, look, it goes inside your Bible and it holds your spot. That's what it's, see that? Look, it's pretty simple. And it'll be there. I, I highly advise that you mark this spot right here and at some point today find you five or ten minutes of quiet time and go back and start in verse 1 and read all this again, okay? Don't take my word for it. Let the Spirit speak to you about this. Y'all, this is important stuff. This ain't no fairy tale. This ain't no once upon a time and happily ever after. This is real stuff, okay? Let's look at this in verse 12 of chapter 15 in the book of 1 Corinthians. Now if Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Whew. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. If this ain't real, ain't none of it real. If this ain't real, don't none of it matter. If this ain't real, you're wasting your time, I'm wasting my time. If this ain't real. If this is a fairy tale, if Easter didn't really happen... If that tomb ain't really empty and our Savior ain't really risen from the dead, your faith is nothing. My preaching is nothing. 
It's all empty. It's all useless. Right? It's pointless. It has no meaning. It has no basis. It has no beef. Listen, everything that I believe in as a Christian, everything you believe in rests on this event. The only hope that the entire world has is that this took place. If this resurrection didn't take place, there's no hope. Have you ever seen somebody that has no hope? Have you ever encountered someone that had no hope? It's a very sad thing, isn't it? It is. It really is. What about someone that puts their hope in something else besides this? I've seen people with their hope in a bottle, with their hope in a pill. I've seen people with their hope in another person. Now that person's gone. If your hope is tied to anything, but Jesus is exactly who he says he is, then your hope is futile. It's useless. It's pointless. It's going to do you no good. The only hope, and this hope is blessed assurance. We talked about it Wednesday night. It's, it's, it's assurance. I always thought of hope as... The little kid standing out on the front porch and he can hear the ice cream truck coming and he's going, I hope he comes down my street. I hope he comes down my street. That's not this hope. That's not this hope at all. This hope is guaranteed hope. This hope is blessed assurance. You can take it to the bank. It's based on a lot of promises that God made people. It's based on a lot of assurance that God poured into people. It's concrete. And if you take that hope and you place it anywhere but this event, if you put it anywhere but Jesus Christ and the fact that He resurrected, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get let down and you're going to be hopeless. Your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren are all bad places to place your hope. This is the only place for it. This is the only thing that can sustain it. This is the only event that makes it worth putting your hope in. This is the single most important event in the history of mankind. The cross is very important. Christmas is very important. But this is the one where all our hope lies. This is it. Keep reading with me. <clears throat> Verse 15. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Futile, having no result or effect. Pointless or useless. If Christ is not risen, your faith is useless and you are still in your sins. Think about that for a moment. Kevin did a great job this morning talking about the cup. Y'all have heard the story of Christ going to the, to the mount and, and to the garden. 
And he takes his three disciples and he tells them to pray with me. And he goes off and he prays the same prayer three times. And the prayer he prays is, if there's any other way, then let this cup pass before me and let's do it that way. So what was in the cup that caused Jesus to not want no part of it? It's my sin and your sin. That's what's in the cup. See, he was sinless. He'd never sinned, never been a part of sin, never had no sin on him, never been in contact with sin. But according to Scripture, the sinless became sin. Even to the point that God had to turn his head while it was taking place. If this Savior is not risen, you still got that sin on you. It wasn't on him. What he did wasn't what didn't take care of it. Because the only way sin is justified, the only way you get justification for your sins, the only way you get forgiveness of your sins is that blood is shed. Started back in Genesis. In the Old Testament, they physically had to go out, build an altar, or go to an altar and shed blood. Something had to die. Thankfully, that blood of the new covenant makes it where we don't have to do that. We can claim that blood. But if he's not resurrected, you're still in your sin. You're still toting every bit of it with you everywhere you go. But thankfully, thankfully, that's not the case. Thankfully, the resurrection is real. Thankfully, the empty tomb really did exist. Thankfully, I do serve a risen Savior. Praise God for an empty tomb. Because without it, it's all futile. It's all pointless. It's all worthless. It's all useless. And I'm still in my sin. But praise God, it ain't that way. Because the tomb was empty. The Savior was resurrected. He was seen. There was witnesses. And these accounts are also recorded in historical books not called the Bible. You can find those. I wish I was smart enough to count off those people's names I was reading when I was reading all that, but I ain't. I don't remember. I don't remember. Sorry. I know they exist, and I know I've read them, and I know it's true, but that's all I can tell you. It's, It's real. It's a historical event that really took place. Listen to me. When, when people talk about time and the year, today is April the 1st, the year 2018. Right? There is a time, if you go back and read historical books, when, when the numbers were smaller and the letters was B.C. Right? There was something pretty special about this man they called Jesus that everybody counts time by him. And everybody, atheist and all, their calendar says the same thing and ain't nobody protest yet. <laughs> Give them time. I probably, if that gets to YouTube, then that's probably the, there'll be a protest next week. It'll be a bunch of kids eating Tide Pods and protesting the year. It must have been pretty special. It must have been pretty significant for all of us to count time by him. Right? See, that's another pointer that this is real. This isn't a fairy tale. It's legit. It's real events and it's real stuff and it really takes place. 
right? Take it to heart. Understand the importance of this. Keep going with me. We're almost done. Verse 18, then also, listen to this, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If there is no resurrection of the dead, if there is no empty tomb, if there is no Easter, then all those people that went before us are just gone. They're just dead. They've perished. Right? Because if there's no resurrection of the dead, all these other promises are null and void. These streets of gold we've dreamed about and, and the crystal clear waters, it's all a fairy tale. If this one event didn't take place, then none of it does. And those that have already perished are just dead. Grab you some comfort in that. I don't find any. None whatsoever. This is real. This is genuine. And it's the single most important event in the history of mankind. Without this, none of the rest of it matters. Without this, our faith is futile. Without this, our preaching is void and null and void. And without this, the promises don't matter. Without this, those that have fallen before us are just dead. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. You know, it'd be a sad day for this to be true for the rest of the world, but it'd be real sad for me and you. Of all men, we'd be the most pitiable. In other words, it's important for everybody, but it's real important to those who call themselves Christians, to those who claim to have a relationship with God through Christ, to those who are depending upon that blood to cover our sins. For those who are depending upon that broken body to continue to supply life until He returns, it'd be real bad if it wasn't true for us. This is where our hope's at, y'all. Every, every stitch of everything we hope for is right here in this event and in this day, and we should celebrate it as such. We should recognize it as such. Listen, we've let the rest of the world take over too much other stuff. We can't give them this one. We can't give it to them. And you know, I don't, I'm not saying that you're evil because your kid got an Easter basket. I'm not saying that at all. But don't let that be what it all stands for to them. Make sure you take the time to make sure that they understand the importance of this day. This is the day we celebrate an empty tomb not a Cadbury. <laughs> it ain't about the fun of hunting and finding an egg. That ain't evil. But that ain't the focus. This is a very important day that we celebrate, an event that we celebrate on this day. Don't let it get by you. Hey, how much easier would it be for you and I to miss it? I can name you 11 pretty smart fellers that missed it, and they was told face-to-face -face on three separate occasions wasn't there one of them standing at that tomb that morning waiting on it to open. I'd like to believe I would have been. Truth is, I ain't no smarter than they was, Mark. <laughs> ain't no way. So if they missed it, I'm scared to death at what I'm missing. That's why things like this are so important to me and why I'm so passionate about it. 
is because I understand that if they could miss it, what could I be missing? I don't want to miss none of this. I want to know and understand that this event that we celebrate today is the most important event in the history of mankind. I want people to know and understand that without the birth of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Without the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Look at all the places you can put your hope in in this world and all the many ways it can let you down. It'll break your heart day after day. Just go try to catch up with the fashion trends if you don't think this thing's changing every day. I remember one time Mark had a dead gum afro. If he had to fit in today with an afro, if his hope was an afro today, he'd be in trouble. It's inverted and come out his chin. These trends change. By the time you get your fro growed out, everybody's went to something else. By the time you save up money and buy you some bell bottoms, everybody's got on tight-legged jeans. Well, everybody ain't. Nick ain't. A lot of people's got them on, though. You can't put your hope in something that's continually changing. You, and you can't catch up to this world. So it's obvious this ain't a good place to put your hope. You need your hope in something that's anchor solid. Lighthouse steady. And that's Jesus. That's where our hope has got to be. Y'all pray with me as our, our praise team comes. Father and our God, again, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the celebration of this day, for the events that took place on this day so long ago. Father, I praise you for an empty tomb, for shed blood and a broken body. And I pray, Father, that you make this real to every one of us, that you allow us, Father, to see and understand how important these events are. Father, that we would take it to heart. I pray, Father, that we would allow your word to change us, to mold us, to make us to be the reflection of your glory that you so desire for us to be. Father, if it's one here today under the sound of my voice that has not accepted you as Lord and Savior, I pray today would be that day. Father, I pray that they would, they would come running. Not to talk to me, but to talk to you. Again, Father, we just thank you for this time. I just pray for your continued presence. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you all for your time and attention and, and uh, want to let you know that we do this every Sunday morning. We have just as much fun next Sunday as we had this Sunday. Y'all don't think that's funny as I do, do you, Smoke? <laughs> 9.30 for Sunday school, 10.30 for worship. We'd be glad to have you. Uh, our Wednesday night service is 6.30 prayer meeting. As soon as we get through with the prayer meeting, we go into a Bible study. We're still studying in the book of Romans, having a very in-depth study, not only studying the Word of God, but studying how to study the Word of God and learning how to do that. And it's been uh, very interesting. I'd love to see everybody come out and uh, be a part of that. Um, Kirby has in his hands a little old bitty, precious, itsy-bitsy little Miss Alice. That's Kerbo's granddaughter. That's Miss Rachel's. Amen. That's our, that's our smallest one around that I know of um, on a regular basis, but uh, we hadn't introduced her to y'all and y'all to her and all that stuff and wanted to get that done this morning. That made um, Michelle a grandma that she didn't want to be called a grandma before she was born, but today you can call her whatever you want to as long as that baby's there. <laughs> it don't make her a lick of difference. I tried to pick on her about it after the baby was born. It wasn't near as funny as it was before. She didn't care no more. Who does? Ken and Renee have a new grandbaby that's here today as well? Really? Oh, Renee's got the baby. That's a little baby too. What about that? That's why Ken's been smiling so much this morning. At first I thought it was the biscuits and gravy, but I guess I, that ain't true. Uh, we're going to pray over a prayer shawl um, on our way out this morning. Thank you all for coming. Um, I pray that uh, you were made to feel welcome somehow, some way this morning. I pray that, that God was uh, speaking to you. Um, and I pray that part of that speaking to you was encouraging you to get into church somewhere on a regular basis. We'd love to have you here, but if you don't choose to be here, we understand. Don't everybody like me and Kevin? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just the way it is, so uh, we'll take it. Um, who is your prayer shawl for? It's for Larry Hastings, who's a pastor in Columbia who had to have emergency heart surgery this week. Larry Hastings, a pastor from he's, Columbia. He's from Elkton originally. Okay, all right. Um, yes. Damien's dad is in critical condition. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. BJ having surgery. Wednesday, ACL surgery, I think, on his knee. Um, remember, John Michael and Brittany, um, they are uh, fixing to go back to Florida from here. They've, they've done their kind of tour of Giles County and the local churches, and um, Ralph told me the other day he'd been to four different churches the last four weeks, and he'd heard the same message every week. And I said, brother, it might be a problem with you. I mean, I'm just saying... <laughs> 
he didn't tell me he was with John Michael and they were sharing their things. So um, if you'd like to uh, support them, I think they may have some T-shirts with them today um, that they would allow you to buy one of those if you wanted one. Um, and that is to support their mission to Africa. Um, they'll be moving over there, ma'am. And if they don't have them, they will get you one, absolutely. So um, if you get a chance, say something to John Michael and Brittany um, before they head back out to Florida. Yes, sir, absolutely. Um, I want to say uh, to everybody that I'm, I'm thankful that all of you showed up today. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a church going down Highway 31 South toward Huntsville. Um, I shouldn't even said that. I've already said it once. <laughs> I'm not trying to call them out. I don't know. I don't know what they put it on there for. But they had a sign out, and basically they said, "We're still having services between Christmas and Easter." And don't get me wrong, I understand that. I understand it's easy for us as 